0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Maybe you heard the story about um, the teacher who was telling her class about whales, and she was telling the, te- the, the class that, that although whales are these really massive animals, that their throats are really small and it would be impossible for a whale, for instance, to ever swallow a human being. And um, and a little girl in her class um, raised her hand and said, well, in the Bible, Jonah's swallowed by a whale. And the teacher was a bit irritated and said to uh, them again, reiterating what she had said before, whales are really large, the throats are really small, it's impossible for a whale to swallow a human being. And so the little girl responds to her teacher, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah if he was swallowed by a whale. And By now, the teacher's really frustrated, and she says, well, what if Jonah went to hell? The little girl thought about it for a minute. She said, well, then you can ask him. You never know what you're going to get when you speak to children, do you? It reminds me of another story of a, a woman who invited a goodly number of people over for dinner on a Sunday afternoon. And she looks to her young daughter and says to her daughter, would you ask the blessing? The daughter says, well, I have no idea what to say. And she said, well, just close your eyes and say what you hear mommy say. And she bowed her head and closed her eyes and said, dear Lord, why did I invite all these people to my house for dinner? Children usually give us these never-ending list of questions too, don't they? You, you, you remember these with the, the young children, the three and four years old, you know, why is snow white? Uh, why are this, why is the sky blue? Why do turtles have shells? If turtles didn't have shells, would we still call them turtles? You know, which hurts more getting stung by a jellyfish or run over by a car? You know, the kind of question. Where do babies come from? You know the answer to that one. Ask your mother, right? That's, the, that's the answer to that question. But they always have these, these incessant questions. But it's the way they learn. It's the way people learn. We have a, something that, that provokes a thought in our mind, and we ask questions, and it's in the pursuit of that provocation, these questions that we get answers and that we learn. But there are times when questions sort of need to stop, right, where you sort of know more questions. You know, why does the tooth fairy leave money for teeth? I don't know, but go to sleep. You know, this is time to go to bed. No more questions at this time. Um, and sometimes they ask questions, little children, when, you know, they maybe they're in danger and they don't need to ask questions but rather just simply obey. I remember when I was a, a seminary student in Kentucky. I was, uh, I was driving to the seminary one morning and um, I heard this report on the radio about an event that had taken place at the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington just the weekend before It seems that there were a group of people and a a young girl three years old or so um, somehow wasn't, you know, being closely monitored. And she crawled through the fence and walked right out into a group, I think you call them a herd, of thoroughbred horses. And so here she is just standing out in the midst of them. And a park ranger recognized this, and this is a very dangerous situation because if these horses were startled, they could take off and trample her to death. And so the ranger finds the mother and says to her, you know, I want you to act like nothing is wrong. Just lean over and ask her if she wants to have an ice cream or something like that. And that's what she did. You know, Katie, would you like to go get an ice cream cone? And the little girl, completely oblivious to the danger around her, just runs through the horses right over to her mother and all was well. Not a time to ask questions. A time to simply just answer and be obedient. You know, if you're in the military and, and your superior says, make your bunk, it's not like, you, you don't want to, it, he, doesn't, he or she doesn't want to talk about the virtues of bed making. You know, it's like, do what you're told to do. Or if the boss says, I want the report by 5 o'clock, she or he doesn't expect you to say, well, do you really want it tomorrow? Or why does it really need to be in by 5? Well, you know, th- these, are, these are times where you don't need to ask questions. You simply need to obey. And the gospel should work like that today. You would think that's exactly how it would work. Jesus shows up to the River Jordan. John is baptizing. He gets in line, presumably, awaits his turn. He, He presents himself to John for baptism. And this is where things get a little dodgy. John doesn't want to baptize Jesus. In fact, he resists it. He gets to him and, and, and the, uh, the text in, in uh, your bulletin today says John would have prevented him. That's a, really not a good translation at all. That's not how it works. In, in Matthew's ancient Greek, it, it was what's called an imperfect tense. It's an event that took place in past time, but was a continuous action. John would, uh, John was preventing him. Would be a better instead of would have prevented. John was preventing him. It's like this continuous, ongoing, you know, sense of a, a repeated event. It's sort of like um, cold winter morning, like today, and you go out to start your car. You know how it is if you go out to start your car and you need to go somewhere and it, it doesn't start. It's not like you just push the button or turn the key or whatever you do, and, you know, it doesn't start, and you're like, oh, well, it didn't start. You you know what you do, right? You try again. (laughs) You try again and again and again. And, and, Pete, this is what we do. We get out and open up the hood, don't we? We look under the hood and, like, move stuff around. I don't know what I'm moving around, but I move stuff around, right? And, like, this will do something. And I exhaust my mechanical um, experience, and then I get back in the car, and I try again. It's only after I've tried everything that I can think of and the battery no longer has any juice at all that I go into the house and say, the car won't start. I tried. I was trying. Or, you know, somebody whistled, you know, an event that took place in the past time. is different than he was whistling all morning and driving me up the wall with that. You know, it's a continuous action. John, or Jesus rather, came to be baptized and John was preventing him. John, I want you to baptize me. No, I'm not going to do it. John, I want you to baptize me. No, I'm not going to do it. John, I want you to baptize me. No, I'm not going to do it. And then he follows with a good question You come to me to be baptized? Jesus should be the baptizer. Not the baptized Ed, right? He should be the one doing the baptizing. And John recognizes this. Do you know that the baptism of Jesus was a huge embarrassment for Christianity for centuries? People couldn't understand why the leader of the Christian movement would himself be subject to John's baptism. That he would be sort of uh, below John. And in fact... I think it would have probably been erased from a record if it hadn't been in all four Gospels. It's hard to get away from this one. That Jesus is baptized by John. John doesn't want to do this. He stalls. He, he continually ba- doesn't want to do this. Why do I have to, to, to baptize you? And it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, when is it right ever to like resist the will of God? And I suppose the answer to that question is, when he asks you to do something ridiculous, when it's something really absurd, that's when, that's when John the Baptist at least does it. Jesus' answer, baptize me, John. It's the right thing to do. In the, in the, 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 the parlance of the, um, the, the gospel, it will fulfill all righteousness. John, baptize me. It's the right thing to do. What do you suppose you would do if the Lord asked you to do something really absurd? I mean, something ridiculous, something that's counterintuitive, that goes against your sensibility, something ridiculous. Well, you'd probably do what John the Baptist did. (laughs) You'd probably be preventing him. Uh, No, 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 I don't want to do this. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, I think there are times in the world, in, in our lives, when what the Lord calls us to do seems It seems absurd, it seems counterintuitive, it seems wrong. But the call is the same, the call is obedience. Mary was obedient when the Lord wanted to to use her body and ruin her reputation. Joseph was obedient when he had to take Mary as his wife, and he too had to risk his reputation. He was obedient in going to Bethlehem and Egypt and ultimately to Nazareth. And John is obedient in baptizing Jesus. Sometimes the call of the Lord comes to us as a call of obedience without questions. I, I try to imagine if you were telling this story in Sunday school right now to, to children, you know, like what would they say about this story, you know? Um, why, didn't Je- why didn't John want to baptize Jesus? I mean, it would seem like a nice thing to do. Why didn't he want to do this? And maybe the answer would go something like this. Because John was a prophet, and he knew who Jesus was. He was a son of God, full of grace and truth, without sin, and did not need to be baptized. Could you imagine saying that to these young children? And as you said that, you know what you would do? You would say, that was a pretty good answer right there. I nailed that one. I I really, I really came through on that one. But you know they wouldn't let you off the hook with that. That, that was a problem. You would think that you had you had answered the question, it's over. But that's not how it would go. The next question would be, so then why did Jesus want to be baptized? And this is where we might say, um, well, uh, you see, um, or well, uh, gee, I think it's time for a snack. I don't know. It's, uh, why did Jesus want to be baptized? And I suppose the answer is this. Because in the baptism of Jesus, we see that God identifies with us. That he becomes one of us. He identifies with us, fallen, sinful humanity. St. Paul would say it like this, he who has had no sin was made to be sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. That Christ does for us what he did not have to do. He identifies with us. And that leaves just one question Are we willing to do the same? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.